that's our competitive advantage really. Um, and because we have that such diversity and when I talk about diversity, I don't just mean um, you know, ethnic um, diversity uh, or race. Um, you know, we, we did a survey uh, last year, I believe uh, that showed that we came from 20 different countries and spoke like 14 different languages. Wow. Um, you know, 50% of our management team is female. Uh, we, we really do take it, take it seriously uh, because we believe it's just important. Um, and it is just, you know, who, who the country is and who our, uh, our user base is. Um, so we have to we have to reflect that, and you know it's been going well. And because of that, we get some amazing uh, feedback, and a lot of it is is grassroots. Um, much of it is not. We'll create the culture from you know from me um, down, but a lot of the ideas um, and the freedom to have those ideas and to speak out about them uh, come from come come from the team. The the ten million dollars in uh, in free funding that we did. Uh, was really a result of when the pandemic happened and we felt like the, the government just wasn't moving fast enough uh, to help small businesses. We ourselves are a small business, right? We're a startup. Um, so I wish that 10 million could have several more zeros behind it, but I felt like everybody should do what they they can. And what we could do was that and what we were hoping um, and what we actually saw a little bit of was if we can go out there and say, look, we're giving what we can afford to, uh, to, to, to give back to the community because we're all in this together. Um, others maybe as well uh, will uh, we'll do the same. We did see that. We saw a lot of our, our clients figure out ways that they could help their customers. We found, you know, and, and the snowball effect happens a little bit. Um, so that was that was one that we didn't actually expect to get as much traction as it did in terms of you know PR we didn't much of the stuff that we do we just don't talk about it you'll notice that on our our social feeds we don't have that much um and especially me I don't I'm not big on that I don't lead by making a statement um you know about Black Lives Matters or something I I believe in walking the walk and you know good things will happen yeah and I think you know I, we're both from Toronto and I think we're very lucky to live in this city where it really is, you know, a very multi multicultural city. And we just grow up knowing that's just our norm, right? Like, yeah. we, you know, we, we expect that. And it, it still boggles my mind when, when people don't share that same view of, hey, we're all people, right? And, um, and, and I think I personally fall into this, sometimes my own little myopic view that I just assume that everyone thinks the way that I do, um, and, and I get naive to, to some of these issues. And I think that's, you know, when it comes to this Black Lives Matter stuff, it was a lot of waking up for me and realizing, well, you know, even Toronto, as multicultural as it might seem, it's not immune from, from the problems in here. And I think you're right, just lead by example, you know, treat people with respect, treat people with kindness, um, elevate people where you can, give back and pay it forward. I think it's a, it's a great uh, philosophy in life. Um, and I love that you're right. It's not about the PR that you get out of it. It's the, it's, it's the goodwill that you generate with another individual, right? And, yeah. and hopefully they're going to take that goodwill and pass it on down the line. And uh, I wish I had uh, the $10 million to do that with it. My, my version is buying, buying Starbucks coffee for the guy behind me, right? <laughs> that's, that's great. If we all do it something. All, like it all evens out though, right? Yeah. It's, it's all, I truly believe in karma. I really, really do. You kind of reap what you sow in this in this life, and uh, you can't do enough good in this world. You you really can't. There's no there's no way you can overdose on that. So you know, kudos for that. I mean, in this in this day and age, I think what the pandemic has done is it's it's shown what people are made of. I think you know there's a lot of good things being done right now. A lot of people doing good things. Unfortunately, there's some people not doing some not so nice things and it's kind of exposing the the raw underbelly uh, belly of society so you know i love hearing stories like that and uh obviously andrew and i gravitate to people that that play that uh play in that space yeah. but now I, I do want to hear a bit more about this the story yeah of of how fun through came to be and how you like i mean so you you were living that fast-paced New York life, um, you know, 
doing a job which you know I had a friend in university, a roommate who was an investment banker, and it um, it's it's a really let's just say fast paced life is a great euphemism for it. Um, and so, what was the impetus to to move out of that and to go to the even faster paced life of an entrepreneur? Which it's not like you're slowing down, I'm sure. Uh, just maybe maybe a little bit more balance where you don't have to be on wall street. You can actually be down at the finger lates hanging out with your kids. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, what I learned um, as an investment banker is that if you are a fortune 500 company, you have no issue uh, accessing capital and people fall all over themselves to, uh, to serve you. Uh, but I didn't see the same thing. Actually, I saw you know quite the opposite. If you were a small business, and I didn't really think that was fair. And I thought, well, if I could bring the same level of service and attention that my boss um, in investment banking brought to our clients um, as an investment bank, but do it on you know a small business because uh, I actually hate the word small business, but the, the term small business, by the way, because although you know uh, as a as a society, we may categorize it as small. Um, to any individual, it is their business, and it is really big and really important for them. And if we can treat everybody that way, uh, leads back to the you know the, the what we were talking about at, when we started the show. Um, you know, just treat everybody well and treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Um, and that wasn't happening in financial services. So I thought, well, there could be an opportunity. Uh, but if I skip forward, when I um, moved back to Toronto, my goal was actually to go out and buy a business. Uh, and I went out and I spoke with a lot of entrepreneurs. I had the same sort of thesis that um, many people at the time and probably still do have, which is baby boomers are going to be, who have built up their businesses, are going to be looking to retire. Uh, they're clipping a coupon, you know, making some money every year, uh, but they're no longer at the point where they want to take risk. Um, but if you can come in into that business at a different stage of life, uh, you might be able to take, I might be able to take that risk and, and scale up the, the, the business from this, you know, this, this point that they have already built. So I went out and I spoke to a lot of um, small business owners and I kept hearing in various different forms that, uh, yeah, that's great. When you're coming to value my business, you have to take into consideration that either I have a stack of purchase orders in my desk that I can't fill because I don't have enough capital, or my customers are just taking a really long time to pay me. Um, and that cash flow is, is hindering my ability to, to grow. Uh, and now, now I joke that I am really, really good at coming up with ideas that already exist. I had never heard the term factoring. This is despite having an undergraduate degree in finance, working on Wall Street, having an MBA in at a finance school. Um, I had never come across the term accounts receivable factoring uh, because I was dealing, I was in the ivory tower. I was dealing with these, these really large companies. Uh, so, but what I realized was, wait a minute, you're selling to these high quality customers. You should be able to use the creditworthiness of them to access the capital that you need. And I was really excited about this because I thought, oh my God, like if I can get unlimited access to capital simply by doing what I do best, which is sell, and I can do it off of the strength of my customer, not off of me. It doesn't matter that I'm a asset light or small business or whatever. Um, that would be amazing. So I went home and I did all this extensive research, i.e. I Googled and realized that I didn't come up with this idea. Uh, factoring has been around forever. But the next question I asked myself was, well, factory's been around forever. None of these entrepreneurs that I just spoke with knew about it, and I had never heard of it. But yet it seems like the best way to fund yourself as a small business, because it's actually not a loan at all. You're just using your own cash flow. Then there's something there. And if I can use technology to bring it to the masses, I can actually change the game. And I can level the playing field where small businesses no longer have to act as a bank to their much better capitalized customers who just have the power to tell you when and how they're going to pay you. So if I can, if I can put that control back in the small business uh, owner's hands, then, you know, I think I can change the, the world. And I sort of hearkened back, my parents reminded me at the time, I hearkened back on my grandfather who used to sell coats uh, decades ago, uh, who's now passed on, but, you know, decades ago would sell coats. He would sell you a coat. You would give him a dollar. You'd go your merry way. And that was the end of the transaction. 
And then over some period of time, it was, here's the coat. I'll give you the dollar in 10 days. That 10 days turned into 30 days. And now we know the average across the country is over 60 days. And every time there's a financial crisis, that period gets longer and it never gets shorter during the boom times. So it only gets longer and longer. And you know, if, I can, if I can actually advocate for changing in payment, changing in, uh, of the world's philosophy, the social norm that we've come to, to believe that it's fair for you not to get paid for the goods or services that you've delivered uh, when you delivered them. If I can change that norm, then I can put myself out of business and everybody else will do really well. Now, um, I know we've, we, we've, you've seen some of the, the video I've done with you. And, and just so people know, we did a, a video that um, we, we shot it here in Calgary. And then I kept having people reach out to me and say, I saw you on the internet the other day in a video. And uh, I actually didn't see it right away. Um, I've also, um, you know, spoken on panels and things. The one thing about factoring that I learned when, when I was a controller and a CFO for um, small, medium businesses in the past life, factoring was a four letter word. Yeah. Um, it usually was, it was a, a matter of, you know, if, if you resorted to factoring and any sort of asset-based lending, you're often in a, in a delicate situation financially within your business. And that's what people would resort to factoring because it was kind of a, almost um, borrowing as a last resort. And it doesn't need to be that because um, your working capital really is valuable. And if people aren't paying you, the money's more, it's worth more to you than it is to your client. It's best to get it. But the problem is, is that when I dealt with um, the few cases where we actually spoke to factoring organizations, I felt, first of all, like I was buying a used car from a really crappy used car lot. And secondly, that I had to give up my kidney or two in order to get the money. And I just, I, I always felt like I didn't enjoy that part of it. So, and, and I'll sort of get into how I became familiar with you guys. I think it was at Connect in Toronto a few years back. And I heard about it. I thought, oh, it's, you know, online factoring. How cool is that? And I, I think you guys were kind of surprised I even knew what that was because it's not that common in, in, in our community that people talk about factoring. And, and basically for people that don't know, it's just a question of using your accounts receivable as an asset to borrow against in a short-term um, fashion. And right away, I thought, well, this is cool. And I signed up and uh, full disclosure, I have the account now for, I think, three or four years, but I just use it periodically. And it really is in those cases when you have a receivable, your client's not paying you, you're struggling to pay your own bills. And in the meantime, you know, you can just click on a button and the money's in your bank account. So I used it a few times and I really, you know, I thought this is a great little tool. You only pay for what you use and you, it's just there. It's a resource. That's the thing I liked about it. But where it really got interesting is, um, Andrew, um, I don't think I've ever told you this story. Um, I think you might have been with me at one point on, in that day, because it was QuickBooks Connect in Toronto a few years ago. And I had to meet somebody in the green room um, from Intuit. And, and uh, Amanda uh, Parker was there. And I didn't know who she was. And I didn't know who she was talking to. Andrew, it was uh, Alex Barnett of uh, the internet, or sorry, Intuit dev team who we got to know in, in the UK. And uh, she was talking to him uh, about her app and Alex was just nodding intently. I thought Alex was a customer. Um, I didn't know who Amanda was. And I just walked up and, and, and said, sorry to interrupt, I hear you talking about fun through. It's a really cool tool. Um, here's what it does. I've used it occasionally. It's it's the real deal. And then I said, sorry, got to go. And that was that. And then Amanda reached out to me, uh, you know, probably two years later. Brad, you remember me from the green room when I was with Alex Barnett? And I was like, was Alex? Like, I had no idea that the guy was into it. And I guess when I left the room, Alex said, did you just pay that guy to say that? <laughs> and And like, is he a shill? And she goes, I, I don't even know him. <laughs> you know? So that's why I've had so much fun working with you guys and doing these videos. And, and just so everyone knows, um, you know, next week is QuickBooks Connect virtual in Canada. And uh, uh, fun through is, is 
hosting a really great session on, on cash flow management and factoring. And I was fortunate to, to participate in that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product. I guess I just gave it away. It's not live, uh, but that's, that's fine. It, it was a lot of fun uh, working with you guys through that. And I'm looking forward to next week and everyone out there, if you're not signed up for, for connects um, Canada, please do. And that includes our American friends. You know, I, I've been to and Aussies and virtual America. Uh, it might be hard for, but <laughs> what's that? I said, and our Aussie friends, and but, yeah, I, I was at I was at QuickBooks Connect UK a few weeks ago. Um, I had to get up at some really, or it was about a month ago, really weird time, but it it's a fun day. Um, Andrew and I are going to um, try and be a little, you know, kind of everywhere, and we're even uh, uh, knocking the idea around about you know next week, just so our our uh, friends know we're we're actually taking next Friday off. Um, Andrew has some plans and, and we are going to make it a little lighter this summer so we can, um, you know, spend some time with our families this summer, but we're, we're going to have some fun on Tuesday. We just haven't figured out what it'll look like. So if you're out there and you like hanging out with us on Fridays, try and find some time on Tuesdays to hang out. And definitely, I believe it was a, a noon Eastern on, on June 2nd that we're doing the fun through part. And I think it's going to be a great informative session. And it's not, uh, I'm not just saying that to promote the app, of course, that's part of it, but just to understand a little bit more about the value of understanding factoring, it helps you serve your client a lot better. And that's uh, really the message I want to get out there, um, that it is a tool that you only pay for if you use it. And uh, I think it's something that everyone should understand better try it out on your own firm. Even if you don't want to use it against receivables, there'll be that one time when you have to get paid on something and you're going to go, Hey, I'm going to give it a go. That's how I use it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, connect. It's, it's um, I think going to be a, a fun virtual conference. You know, I always have my, my quibbles about virtual conferences. I miss the, the, I miss the it's our last year of this, Andrew. Yeah, it's it's going to be the last big virtual one. Which, and I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping that we'll get some of our Aussie friends coming in, and some of our Brit friends, and uh, some of our American friends to come and join us. Um, and I know we're going to do some fun things. Like I, I've been working with Rachel Clark, um, who's sort of the big events manager who to, who organizes it, and we're going to do some. We're going to try and make it some interesting things. The one thing I love about Intuit is um, they always listen, right? They do a really good job of hearing our feedback, um, you know, uh, absorbing and trying to uh, react and adapt. And one of the, the things that I was saying is like, you know, they, they were listening to the fact that we had our sort of our Zoom sessions where we're doing it separate. So they're going to do in the morning, we're going to have some breakout sessions um, where we're yeah, going to have basically... Fun. My understanding of how it's going to work is it's basically they're going to do the big Zoom room, um, but we're going to have an open session, yeah. But breakout rooms, and you so you can come and uh, I think Brad's going to have a room for get into it. I'm going to have the room for FNL. Um, I know Kelly Kelly Parks is doing the workflow uh, watering hole room, and um, Teresa Slack is doing the e-commerce room. Yeah, so it should be, and and the point, like my when I was talking to Rachel about it was like let's create that virtual hallway, right? Which is where all those fun conversations come in. So there's no obligation. There's like, it's just hanging out, like hanging out Friday night live. Yeah, exactly. You pop into the room and Andrew's going to be in the FNL room. I'm going to be in the get into it room. And it might be a bit awkward at first, but you know, please pop in and, and say, hello. We, we love meeting um, <laughs> more and more people in our community and, if, and if you we don't bite. If you think that's awkward, uh, one of the other things that we're going to be doing uh, is a virtual dance party. And I think some of you guys have seen oh, that on social. Uh, so I'm the type of guy that usually needs, you know, three or 12 beers before I'm ready to hit the dance floor. Understatement, dude. Yeah. You're like me. We're always the ones at the edge of the dance floor at the conference. You know, was it Night at the Rocks? Uh, but, by, but by the end, we're the ones like, yeah! <laughs> Um, and so I'm actually hosting the dance party this year because I was really, I was um, inspired um, by what I'm seeing on social with with um, uh, with our friend out 
uh, in Alberta. And I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, yeah, or sorry. Um, Jeff Schwann. And, Jeff Schwann up in Edmonton. And I've always, like, Jeff's always the, one of the first people he's up there the for and, and, and there to Never love. leaves. Um, and he's just, he, I don't know if anyone's watched any of what he does on TikTok. And he just, like, he dances, puts his heart out on the thing and, you know, dances like nobody is watching. And I think we need a little bit of that right now. Just like, yeah, that loose. Like, let's take some of the stress from all this, you know, being locked up and just have a good time and relax. So I'm, I'm, I, I haven't seen the details on this. What am I supposed to do? Set up a camera and just and and drink a lot and then just start dancing? Is that? I it? have no idea. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna pour some shots <laughs> and I'm gonna uh, I I don't even know what music's gonna be playing. I I don't know. Uh, I I had asked that they I I, I thought that they should get uh, anyone listen. Stephen, do you listen to Kiss ninety two point five? Um, I have to admit I don't listen to FM radio anymore. No, Once I, I got my Spotify account, I. Uh, I transition coming I'm kind of the same way. I'd still listen to um, uh, Sirius XM as well in the car. So I, what's, I, what's local radio? I I'm generally the same with the exception of Friday mornings. They've, they've got a DJ Climax has a remix that he does every Friday morning. Um, and it's this like awesome remix of like 90s hip hop and like all, all the stuff from back when we were in university, right? You know, bring back all those memories. So I was kind of advocating to bring back some of that old school type of uh, music to sort of reminisce with our, uh, you know, the the glory days, so to speak. Um, but uh, I I don't know who they're going to have as the DJ. I It could be all 80s music. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but it should be fun. And I think, you know, this is going to be probably one of the last of the virtual conferences um, where, you know, we, we get back to what everyone's looking forward to is the real life stuff, but let's make the most of this guy and uh, have a lot of fun. Um, you know, have you been, what's your thought on the conferences? Steven? are you, are you as much of a fan as Brad and I are like, I know you're probably working them. It's, it's not as enjoyable for, for people We've got to grind all day long uh, as opposed to just network and hang out and have fun. Yeah, you know, it, it is funny. I, uh, I do miss the in-person uh, conferences. Um, I don't necessarily miss the travel. Uh, and we were talking about all the uh, the swag that you get, the use of... You got to haul it around. I've <laughs> seen... Haul it around, right. There's a lot yeah. of bulk that you can... Well, and with three kids, you got to make sure you get three of, uh, of each. Everything, of yeah. To, to bring it back but uh no I, I do look forward to the day where you know the in-person is something that i'm i'm missing out on so i, I love your enthusiasm uh, andrew on the, the the dance party and all the the virtual <laughs> stuff but you know here's to this being the last one <laughs> yes i i couldn't agree more um andrew and i met at live conferences and we live for them and i know a lot of other people out there in our community um, I heard somebody having a discussion the other day on hugging. I'm not really one to talk about hugging. I've never been much of a hugger anyways, but it's different at conferences. It's kind of like you feel like this is your family. You know, it's more than just a friendship in many cases. These are people that you see periodically, but we got used to seeing them on a regular basis. And now it's been over a year, you know, coming up on a year and a half, coming up on two years in some cases, and it can't come soon enough. It really can't, you know, conferences are great. Now, um, Stephen, I noticed that the fun through logo pops up on my feed a lot more when I log into QuickBooks online. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your partnership with, with Intuit? I noticed that you've definitely elevated your visibility in the QBO Canada world. Yeah, so like you guys, uh, we love the, the Intuit team. They are, uh, they're amazing. They've done a bunch of research and realized that uh, a lot of their users have um, cash flow concerns and that fund through is, um, is, is a great option. Um, so we're working closely with them to you know, make sure that Canadians um, and you know, beyond just Canada, quite frankly, uh, know that fund through is an option. You know that partnership will get continuously deeper over over time, and you know we'll see where it can go. Yeah, I, I'm just out of curiosity. Who who do you find um, that like? Is there a particular industry or anything that you find uh, tends to leverage fund through more than more than others? Our, our sweet spot, the category really that we are creating is sort of instant payments for small businesses who are punching above their weight. 
uh, and are looking to grow or are already really fast growing. Uh, so that spreads across industries. But if you think about the category of small businesses selling to other small businesses or small businesses selling to consumers, they can dictate how they get paid. They can send a credit card link out. Uh, they can dictate when they get paid by saying, you know, these are the terms, accept them or, or don't buy from me. But you can't do that if you're selling to really large companies. WestJet, oil right. and gas companies. I'm talking yeah. about real world experience. That is huge. When you're signing on and you're all excited because you got a contract with one of these companies, especially in the oil patch, and then you see the paperwork you have to fill out to be a vendor. And it basically says in bold face at the end, we reserve the right to pay you within 90 days. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, yeah. And they're going to pay you days. Yeah. And you can't, yeah, exactly. And you can't say no, you can say, fine, I don't want to. And then they're like, bye. Yep. And then you can almost, you know, in the oil, oil patch is a very tight knit community. You might find yourself on the outside looking in if that's where you want to be. Yes. So that's where, you know, I tell clients locally, that's where a good application of it. Um, WestJet is obviously a big Canadian airline for American um, friends. We have like two main airlines here, Air Canada and WestJet. And WestJet's based here in Calgary, where I live. And they make it clear that if you want to do business with WestJet, you're, it's our way or the highway. And they're very clear on that. And it really means we'll pay you when we please but expect 60 to 90 day terms. Yeah. So can, can businesses live on that, especially if they have a big contract? You know, I worked with a client that would sell all the coffee that WestJet used on all their planes, right? And they had lots of clients, so they didn't care when WestJet paid them. They just liked having WestJet in their cap. But if you're a smaller business, a smaller, say, roastery, and you got the WestJet contract and all of a sudden you find out, oh shit, I, you know, 90 days, I can't do that, right? So tools like this really benefit you because the thing for people that don't know that's really attractive about it is if you want to borrow it just for a few days, do it. There's, there's a fee associated with it, but there's no fees for paying back early and it's easy to pay back early. And uh, you can extend it out if you want. You can pay it back when you want. The money's in your bank account in really quick order. Um, usually I've seen it in 24 hours and um, it really is that sort of thing. So when you say punching outside your weight class, I love using that point. And that's one thing I've used in a lot of my discussions is that it allows you to go after those bigger clients. If you're trying to grow. And I know from my perspective, I, I, I want to go after larger clients because I played in the mid market, my whole professional career. It's what I know best. I also know about the mid-market is that, yeah, it's harder to get those contracts, but once you do get one, they could keep you fed for a year, right? Just one really good contract with a, with a big company. That's the sort of thing I'm looking for. So I might be up against that. Now our economy is so wacky here in Alberta because before the pandemic, we had the oil patch all over the map and, and it is a bit weird right now. So every little tool counts. And that's what I want to be, what I communicate to, to people in my local network. When I used to see people for real, <laughs> when I used to network and when I do get back out there, that's the message that I'll be sending is, you know, listening for that pain point and cash flow is a challenge right now. There's no doubt about it. So many businesses are struggling right now because they have a viable product or service, but they just, haven't been able to get collected on so yeah. you mentioned you the oil patch and that and andrew asking you know what areas that we are are big on we're actually quite deep uh in oil and gas because we have a an integrated partnership with a company called inveris um that if if any of your you know any of the the people on here you have clients who are selling to large oil and gas players they're likely doing it through a platform um, called Inveris, either open invoice or workbench, depending if it's the US or, uh, or Canada. Uh, and within there, every time they invoice those customers um, to an eligible customer, a button will pop up that says, you know, get paid faster, just click that. And, you know, we're, we're right there. Um, so we are that button. And that, that's a, a key area. We've seen the oil, you know, over the last, uh, you know, 15 months now, um, we, we've seen that, that wave and we're seeing the, the recovery now. Um, 
Oh, do you remember when oil was negative? I know that was crazy. Yeah, like a negative oil price. You actually, if you brought a barrel of oil, and tried to sell. How does that even work? Like when they were. Hey, you take this. Yeah, like literally, I'll pay you to take oil off my hands. Yeah, Just was, please I, get I, it out of here. That was a you, you know we hit rock bottom when. Uh, yeah, so imagine having a contract with an oil company that is paying people to take their product off their hands. Yeah, <laughs> the optics are pretty crazy. Yeah. You but know, everyone thing, knew it would be short term, but yeah. The other thing I'm curious about is so factoring, like you said, is is you you, re, you created something that was already invented, so you reinvented something, but you you're using technology and bringing technology to something that's been around for for a while now. Um, how, how, and why are you implementing and leveraging technology to make factoring better? Yeah. So, I mean, Brad, you, when you said, uh, your understanding of, of factoring, um, from, from years ago was, uh, the lender of last resort. When I saw that, uh, when I discovered speaking with, uh, with these small business owners, uh, stigmatized industry, huge opportunity because there's yes, disruption is so possible in that Technology case because people yeah. didn't want anything to do with it like it really was a horrible experience dealing with these people like i i got to a point where i didn't even want to deal with them i, I had a ceo of this one company and we had our cash flow struggles but we had lots of different ways i was i've always been really big on collections ar collections have always been my forte i don't necessarily enjoy them but i was always very good at it and factoring still turned me off because I had to deal with these really scummy salespeople would come in and yeah, it was, it was just not a great experience. So to experience see that something that's frictionless like that, like your product and Andrew, what's interesting is factoring. There's not a lot of apps up here in Canada that are similar to fun through. Do you have competition up here? Well, so I would venture to say uh, from an app perspective, there is no other app in Canada. Exactly. Does it. That, so if you look in the QBO app store, um, we are the only funding app in, uh, in Canada. So our, our competition is traditional factoring companies. And that's where Andrew bringing technology to the game. Because even though the experience that you had or that you knew, Brad, was terrible, the product itself the opportunity to get paid faster on your terms, I believe is great. And if I can create an experience that matches the product, then I can change the way small businesses operate. And in order to do that, I need to use technology from the beginning all the way to the end so that you don't feel like you're buying a used car yes. uh, and giving up a kidney each time. Be that button. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're connecting a few data, you're pushing a button, connecting a few data sources, and that's it. You're getting paid faster and you're paying the equivalent of a credit card fee that you would be paying, you know, to, to accept credit cards when you're selling to small businesses. Exactly. Now you're paying the same fee to accept payment immediately from large businesses. Yeah, I think it was like 2.4% a month, I think I saw on your site. It's, yeah, on, on average, anywhere from, you know. It's similar to, yeah, it's very similar to the credit card. Yeah. And because you get to pay it off quicker, if you want, and it's easy to do, right? Yeah. So the nice thing is, if you know you're going to get paid in six weeks, but you need the money now, you can plan for it. And it's even, you know what, I want this money now. If I get next week, whatever, I'll just pay it off then. Or if it takes two weeks, you just don't worry about it. You can, everyone knows it's better to have the money in your bank than to be chasing it down. Ashes King, exactly. And really the fee structure, I've never found it to be punitive or, or something that is so onerous. It's like, I shouldn't have done it. You know, there've been times when it's like, I need that money. Um, I ran into a situation, a lot of people don't realize this, but my, Andrew, during my first QuickBooks Connect, I had five checks from a client in my possession down in San Jose. I was effectively his- And this his, was pre-banking up where you could just take a picture. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I could take a picture. The problem was I managed his bank account and I knew he couldn't pay me. He owed me close to $20,000 over those, those five checks. And wrote your so I walked around with them and I couldn't cash them because I knew his bank account. 
I knew exactly what was in there because I was, I did his bank racks every day. I knew exactly how much money he had to make payroll. He had to do all these things. And as his CFO, I had to consider that I couldn't pay myself before his staff. It's just, I just couldn't do it. I was basically had made myself secondary. The one advantage was my arrangement with him was I got paid weekly. Unfortunately, back then check was the only option that worked for him. So they would send me a check. They weren't actually in Calgary. They would mail it. And I would check with them and say, did the check go out? And I'd go into the system to make sure that the check was printed. And I knew it was on its way, but we hit a point where they ran into a tight situation. I had $20,000 in checks. I couldn't even pay my own bills. You know, it was, it sucked. And it hit a point where they were running into problems with their banker. And I said to the banker, I said, look, and they were, they were actually in, in loan forbearance. I said, I'm doing all this work. I'm helping you guys as much as I'm helping my client. Will you relax some of your restrictions and let them pay at least one invoice? And the banker said, nope, <laughs> you know, not interested. So I carried these checks around with me in San Jose and I would log in occasionally to see how much money was in his bank account to see if he'd got all these things. And I had actually done a whole bunch of work on their GST account. They were expecting a lot of money in GST refunds. So I knew that was coming eventually. Well, I was flying back. Um, our friend Rachel Fish was actually on the flight with me and she saw me on the plane. I paid for Wi-Fi, and I logged onto the bank account. And sure enough, this money from the government had come. And as soon as we hit the ground um, and I cleared security, I had the checks out and I was taking pictures of them <laughs> depositing them into my bank account. Can you imagine if I had fun through back then? I wouldn't have had that stress. You know, I would have been able to get by and, and bridge this gap and know that, hey, life's going to be okay. It was so stressful because it had been, you know, six, eight weeks since I'd been paid where I was used to being paid weekly. And, you know, I had my own payroll to take care of, i.e. me, and I had my own bills to take care of. So that's where, you know, you can make or break a business over a, a customer and their slow payment. It really is a problem in, now some of the smaller businesses might say, well, that's not a problem. I don't, I don't worry about that. But anyone who wants to do business with somebody that's going to insist, I've lost clients when I say to them, I'm not extending you terms. I'm not willing to extend you terms. And they're like, fine, we don't want to do business with you. But if someone comes to you and they're like, you know what, this is a really good opportunity here. I know they're going to pay me slow, but I don't care because I've got a tool that's going to help me if I need it. And that's to me, the attraction of a tool like what you have. And I think it's, a, I think it's awesome that you don't have any real competition right now, because it's given you an opportunity to hone your, your craft, you know, put more and more polish on it. I've worked with Robbie who's your product guy. Obviously, you know that, but I just tell everyone else, Robbie is, is fun through his product guy. And he is totally receptive to, to input. You know, I've sat down with him and showed him stuff. I like things I don't like. And um, it really, you have a, such a responsive team, Stephen. I can't say enough for um, your passion and, and the excitement, not only of you, but your team. And, and, and uh, it's, it's a great product. That's all I'm going to say. And I'll stop the promotion. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, thank but you. Honestly, that's how we got involved. You, you know that um, you, you probably heard this story, how Amanda and I came together. And honestly, it's just, I'd, I'd rather represent a tool that I believe in. You can't just come to me and say, hey, Brad, we're going to pay you to say good things about us. Well, it's like, well, if I don't like your product, you're not going to get good kind words out of me. You're just not. I'd much rather say it from the heart and and really you know the canadian side doesn't hurt um i'd like dealing with my canadian app partners because um we got a lot of great app um, apps up here in canada we really do some of them are for the canadian market only but we have a lot of great entrepreneurs up here and uh the market's very robust in the cloud accounting space and uh, you guys are a big player there yeah i, I appreciate it one thing that I thought was really interesting, that point you made earlier on is, you know, Brad hit, hit probably the most obvious use case, um, you know, when you're, when you're struggling yourself to, 
to meet your daily obligations. But I think you raised something that, that spurred an interesting point. But not only that, but what about those companies who are actually have the ability to, to grow um, and put that money back into the business, into sales and marketing and other things? So maybe you could live without getting that check today. But if you could get the check, you could reinvest that and, and have it grow in your business exactly. faster than two. 2.4% or whatever it is. A month. Exactly it. I mean, it's leverage. Um, and like any form of leverage, you have to be very conscious of the fact that it is a debt arrangement. It's a short-term arrangement. Um, it's structured in the way you pay it back, which is, is, is a good thing, but you know, you gotta be, that's all I'm going to caution. Everyone is anytime you're borrowing, you got to consider the downside risk. But what Andrew just said, he brings up a great point. Let's say you are in that growing mode and you know you have a lot on the go, but cash flow is a struggle because you have so many contracts on the go. Well, you invoice somebody and then you say, you know, I need cash now and then I'm going to use follow through and then you get paid. No one's saying you have to pay that back based on, I know you have two offerings. I'm, I'm talking about the traditional offering. Um, yeah. There is more of a, a you have two, two different, I, I guess, want to explain the differences between the two because i just learned um i use your original offering if you just want to explain how they work sure yeah we've we've got uh two funding options it's the same product um one is called velocity and one is called express uh velocity I, I i use express i believe use a lot that of express. the original platform right yeah um and uh so express is where uh, you connect your data sources and you get a limit uh, and you can fund any invoice you want uh, up to that limit. And when you fund an invoice, there are weekly repayments, um, but you can repay it whenever you, know, you can repay it sooner and there are no fees uh, for any of our, um, you know, our funding options. There's no cost to get on board. So you get on board and just use it when you need it and you pay for it when you, uh, when you actually use it. Uh, the second one, though, is Velocity, and Velocity is an interesting one because it allows you to get unlimited access to funding uh, when you're funding large, mostly large invoices uh, to large customers and know that you have that um, sort of big, uh, deep pocket and fund through behind you um, to be able to support it as you're, as you're growing. So you've got, you know, you can use both of them. You can use, when you have big invoices, you'll probably want to use Velocity. Uh, when you have big customers with big invoices, you'll want to use Velocity. Uh, when you have multiple customers and they tend to be smaller amounts on each, you'll probably want to use um, Express, but you can mix and match uh, for whatever's right for your business at that, at that moment. And well, with Velocity, the payment, the repayment is a bit different, though, correct? Yes, that's it's right. So actually, you're involved in the actual collection yeah. process, per that's se, right. whereas with Express, it's really up to the individual user what you're going to do with the money, if, you, if you're going to pay it back or not. That, that, that's exactly right. So with Velocity, we are that... Uh, that partner that enables you to, um, you know, keep selling and to, to fund unlimited, you know, to bill as much as you can, and then you can fund it. What that means is we are in the middle of the payments. Your customer will pay us uh, directly, and they do it in a way that, um, you know, allows you to know that you have that powerful partner on in your back pocket um, that enables you to be able to service their your, your customers. Uh, on the other side, on Express, your customers don't know, and that's why you have a limit. You know, we're only able to give you so much money, uh, whereas on Velocity, we can give you unlimited. Whatever your invoice amount is, we'll be able to fund it. All right. And Diane Mueller. And, and also, sorry, there's a risk a risk element to it as well, right? With the lower limit is really reflective of the fact that you're not doing the due diligence on that invoice. It's really up to the, 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 the invoice itself it shows up in the system, you're going to fund it. Whereas on Velocity, there is a bit of due diligence done on fund through side because you're taking a bit more risk um, for that flexibility. That's right. On on specifically on the Velocity program, pro, uh, you know, uh, offering, but also on uh, on Express, uh, it's actually a different mindset than a loan because it really is just using your own 
cash flow, you know you're going to get paid. You know you delivered the product and you know you delivered the service and you know you had the right to invoice. We don't take performance risk, we take time risk. So we don't know how long it'll take for you to get paid. We have an idea and that's part of our models that, uh, uh, that we have and that's fine. We'll get paid whenever you get paid. But if you don't get paid, um, then you have to replace the, uh, the invoice. And with Express, um, they're the weekly payments because we don't do that diligence on the actual invoice. So there are options. Now, Andrew, you're going to mention Diane. Sorry, I jumped in there, but I really wanted to, to touch on that. It's the risk element. I think a lot of um, uh, pro advisors out there definitely consider signing up for Express to have it because it really is that simple. You have a receivable and fund through just drills into your accounts receivable. It sees the invoice there and it says, you can fund this up to your limit. And you know, the limit varies based on, on the work you guys do behind the scenes, Stephen. Yep. But really, it's a, it just it drills right in. If you say, yeah, I want to fund this, you just click one button, it says funded, and then you agree to it. And then the money's in your bank account. And then it starts getting repaid. You get reminders before it's due, very detailed. And you actually have options to delay a payment. You pay a, a small fee to do that or um, you just start paying and it comes out of your bank account automatically. It's, it's seamless. It's really um, a user-friendly tool. And because you're only paying for it when you use it, you have no risk to having a fund through account for your business and your clients' businesses that you think might need it. And that sort of brings me back to Diane's point, which is she's saying uh, when you're pricing your like pricing your product is really an important consideration when you're doing factoring. And in fact, if you kind of, you know, think it ahead and you know, you're going to have a big client, you can almost factor in your factoring costs. Exactly. Um, you know, and you can say, Hey, you can say, Hey, you know what, if you're going to pay within $30, 30 days, I can discount your invoice by this. If you're going to pay 90 days, then it's X, right? So you can start building in some payment terms that have effectively thought through, Hey, if, if, I, if, if it's going to be 90 days or more for me to get paid, I know that I can go get my cash today and the cost is going to be X a month. Uh, you exactly. know, so you can actually literally just say, hey, my invoice is going to be this um, based on the assumption that you're going to be factoring. And, and you, you know, whether you do or you don't, that's up to you, but you can, it's a great way to also increase your cost or increase your, your, your invoice rate as well. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> lots of lots of food for thought in, in this area, but it really is. Um, well, you know, this is this is why I love um, speaking on behalf of your product, because I think it is something that people at least need to consider and think about. You know, it, it really is um, a risk management tool that really is no risk to you as a business owner. And, and, and honestly, even if you're going to use it, it can be managed and it can keep you, it, it help you sleep at night. Yeah. And I think one other thing you were, you were hoping to, to sort of get out of tonight, I think Stephen, you were saying earlier is um, you love hearing the challenges that, that uh, our accountants, bookkeepers and their clients are facing uh, when it comes to cash flow. So and I put a bit of call to action for, for those of you who are, who are listening love to hear in the comments what kind of pain points you guys have seen either with your customers or with yourself when it comes to cash flow because uh, Stephen loves to hear and see that kind of content and build it into to what he's doing. Uh, but do you say that Andrew, because one of the comments was just try and get paid from from Intuit or Sage. I'm pretty sure Diane said that too. So if you're going to be invoicing invoice or uh, Intuit or Sage, then hey, there's a classic case. Now, Alicia mentioned in the U.S. it's a lot easier now because they're on a different. Uh, is it Coupa? I don't know that 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 uh, tool. But there you go. There's a use case right or, there. All right, yeah, that's a great that that's a great one for us to know because with our relationship with uh, with Intuit, I actually I saw that comment and I took away um, that we're going to speak with them <laughs> see if we can help fund their their suppliers in addition to their uh, their user base. So stay tuned there um, and. You know, I, yeah, as, as Andrew, as you said, I would love to hear, you know, what can we build that would be useful um, to, to you and your clients that, 
you know, um, that you would use. And we are, we're a, a tech startup. Um, we have a great team. Um, Brad's promoted. I appreciate that because they, I really am proud of our. Well, our I, I like your people. I always, I yeah. really enjoy hanging out. Um, and, you know, I've, I mentioned, I've done some of these promotional videos, but one day I just jumped on a call with Robbie that had nothing to do with who's paying what. I just wanted to learn more about, because you had changed your platform and it had changed. He said, hey, do you want to jump on a call and talk about it? And I, and Robbie was so receptive to my comments. I so much appreciated that. And, mm -hmm. and that's the sort of app partner I think we all want, is that somebody who listens to us. And, and if, if I want to give you input, you're not just going to brush me off and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying, that's a great idea. In fact, we were, we actually used my Zoom account that day. And Robbie's like, Brad, did you record that? Because I'd really like to, to, to review some of the things we talked about. I, I couldn't write fast enough. So it's, it, uh, yeah, you have a great team. I can't say enough uh, for, for the crew. And for you guys watching out there, Amanda and Zuri and Ike and Robbie, you guys rock. Yeah, and there's, you know, 50 others. Uh, I'm sure. You know, behind the, the scenes as well, who helped make the magic happen. So, you know, please do, uh, you know, reach out to, to Brad, Andrew, me, um, anyone uh, with ideas of how we can, you know, solve some of the, the problems that your, your users, your clients have. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do to do it. And believe it or not, with that, we're, we're, we've got about five minutes left. It's, we've flown through the hour, as always. I As you've seen, we just go with the flow. <laughs> uh, and sometimes take some tangents here and there. Um, but I'm just sort of curious on, on the flip side of that. What are, you know, you, you want to hear the pain points we're facing with our, with, our, with, with our clients and customers. I'd love to know from you what kind of pain points that your dev team faced. Um, because I know you, you told me that you're now 100% virtual um, thanks to COVID. Um, and I know with dev, um, that can be an interesting thing, you know, agile is all about working together in these little teams and these pods and having your daily standups, what kind of difficulties and troubles did, did you face as a tech startup, you know, going through COVID? Yeah, I would say the, the, the biggest challenge that we faced, uh, was maintaining, uh, the culture, uh, that we had. And we, we put a lot of effort into trying similar to the way you were talking about these conferences, uh, trying to find ways, especially early on, uh, to engage people. You know, we would have uh, Wednesday in-person meetings where we'd all stand around in a circle, um, and it would sort of like be a stand-up meeting, and you know, everyone would know what was going on. Uh, we changed that to to be digital, and you see, you know, sixty squares on uh, on Google Meet, and that works, but it's not as personal. You don't get a lot of the uh, the experience, and you miss the bumping into each other. Uh, so over the, the course of the year, you know, as it's now been 15 months, uh, we've sort of figured out some ways to keep people together, um, bumping into each other. We use a lot of tools. We use Slack, you know, we use Asana, we use um, a bunch of different tools to, to make sure people are, uh, know what's going on. We use a lot of Periscope dashboarding um, so that people can always see what's going on. Uh, but nothing um, can completely uh, take away uh, the in-person. So although we are 100% virtual now, uh, the office is open. People are able to go into the office if they want to. It's a big, beautiful startup, uh, empty office now. Uh, <laughs> uh, having people there. Now, even before COVID though, we took the approach of hiring good talent wherever they are and using technology to bring them together. So we always had a distributed team. It wasn't all just in Toronto. Uh, we had people across Canada and across the US and we have some people in, uh, in Eastern Europe and in South America as well. Um, and that those people are obviously not gonna be expected to be in the office uh, full-time, but what we, we would do several times a year is fly everybody in. Um, and we're looking forward to doing that again. One of the big challenges uh, along those lines of culture is that about, I don't know, a third or even now more of our team, I've never met personally. Uh, I've never met, you know, in real life. Uh, that's how, you know, how fast we've grown and, and how many people we've added in the last year. Uh, so, and they've never seen the office. They've never seen each other. Uh, so we've got to find ways to, to get that culture going so that everyone. I think you need a Calgary office. You need yeah. that office for you. 
Maybe. Let's talk. <laughs> we have a lot of work in Calgary. We have a lot of clients in Calgary. Well, you know, you know, uh, I'm a friendly. Um, yeah, I, I always just wanted to put it out there at the start is that, you know, we have a financial arrangement. We, we do a little bit here and there, but it really is a matter of from the heart. I, I really think you guys do great work. Um, and I would work for free, but don't tell. Don't, I didn't say that. <laughs> um well it's it's been a pleasure getting to know you Stephen. and it's yeah uh, absolutely Stephen. it's great to finally meet you for real we've had uh you know virtual communications through the years um i look forward to meeting you for real um sure. at a real conference in it's looking like 2022 um but we're we're definitely it's going to be 2022 2021 this is it we're done with virtual so Next week, June 2nd, QuickBooks Connect Canada Virtual. Definitely sign up for it. Um, Rachel Clark is by far one of Intuit's finest. She's she's an amazing uh, event Rachel organizer. Clark. And her attention to detail is awesome. And virtual dance party, thanks to Andrew. Um, I might even try and subject myself to that. And I don't drink anymore, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, well, well, we'll stick around, uh, Stephen. We'll we'll hang out with a few guests if you can. I know you're hanging out in the lobby of a hotel at the moment. Which thank you for doing that. And it was great having you and everyone else. Um, next week we won't be live, but we're going to do some great, cool recaps from uh, QB Connect. So come check it out, see what we post. It should be fun and interesting. And we'll see you the following week. And then we're still TBD on that, but uh, we'll we got a good June. June plan for you all. So thanks for coming out, everyone. And Stephen, thank you, man. Great thanks, guys.